Hey, before we get started into our series today, I want to refer back to the video you saw just a few moments ago in Carrie's story through the Winston-Salem Rescue Mission, and I just want to tell you how thankful I am that we are a part of a church that gets to invest into organizations like that. We support organizations like that and other organizations and agencies all throughout the triad area, and I could not be more excited to have a small part in the lives that are being changed um, through the Winston-Salem Rescue Mission and other organizations. See, you need to understand that as a church, we do things a little bit differently, which is probably not a surprise to you. Um, but when it comes to things like that, we've decided to not ask everyone to come to us to you know, feed everybody here and clothe everybody here and help everybody that needs help regardless of what they need help with here. We've decided as a church that we should exist to make those agencies better to come alongside the agencies and organizations in our community that already exist, that were designed for those specific things that God has put there for those specific reasons, come alongside of them and financially support them and send volunteers to them and help them do what they do at a higher level than they've ever done it before. And so that's how we operate as a church. And so here, this, what, this is what this means for you. When you give financially at the summit, you are a part of helping us do that. So thank you for giving. So organizations all over the area are benefiting from your generosity and your obedience to give. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, great going, y'all. I don't give nothing. Well, imagine if people like you would be obedient to God and give as you should. Imagine how much more people we could help and how many other organizations and agencies we could come alongside and encourage and help them do what they do even better. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, we are in our OMG series. That's right, OMG. Oh my God, why? Because even though a lot of us, maybe not every one of us, but even though a lot of us believe that God exists, we have adopted and adapted to certain ideas, assumptions, and views of God that are either inaccurate or somewhat incomplete. So it could be that you've embraced a version of God that simply does not exist. And this is so important. We want to get this right. Let me tell you what we're going to talk about next week, and then we'll come back to today. Okay, next week, we're going to talk about the on-demand God because we live in an on-demand world, right? Everything is on-demand. You want it now, you want it now, you want it now, and we get it now, right? On-demand, and so we come to God with that assumption. We come to God, whether you realize it or not, we come to God with this on-demand expectation. So we're going to talk about it. And next weekend is uh, Mother's Day weekend, so you know your mama wants you in church, right? Yeah, she'll be impressed. And, and here's the deal. Bring her with you. Invite her. Bring her along with you at one of our services at one of our locations. Or if you can't join us in person, join us online like some of you are doing right now. And it will be a great Mother's Day experience. But today, we are continuing in our series. And we're talking about the let's make a deal, God. Let's make a deal view of God. And you would be surprised how many of you, how many of us have adopted that understanding of God. So let me explain it to you. And I know immediately you're going, no, not me, not me. Okay, well, just hold on, hold on. This view of God, the let's make a deal view of God, sees God, even though you wouldn't come out and say it, as a little bit temperamental. 
<laughs> he can be challenging to work with. But you can strike a deal with him and work out a deal with him if you know what you're doing. This view of God is the kind of view of God that people have when they're doing things like this. God, if you will just dot, 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 then I promise I will dot, 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 dot. God, if, and, and, and they're constantly giving God, you know, God, if you'll do this, I'll do this. God, I'm only asking you for one thing, just one more thing. God, I'm just going to ask you this one more thing. And God, if you'll do this one more thing, I'll never ask for anything else until I do. And then if you'll just ask that one more thing, God, if you'll just do that, right? God, if you just help me get a date. God, if I could just meet a man, right? God, if I could just get a job. God, if you just let that deal go through, God, if you just help me get that raise, God, I'm not asking for much. I'm not asking for much. I really am not. But God, if you just help me get that raise, if you help that deal go through for me, God. God, if you just, if you just make me well, God, if you could just change this, God, if you could make that situation go away, away. If, if you could change that situation over there, God, if you would just do this and then you fill in the blanks, if you could help my team win, then God, I promise I'll go to church. God, I'll start serving. God, I'll get in a group. God, I'll even start giving money. I'll even start giving financially. How you like that? God, I'm telling you, I mean business. God, if you will just do these things, Lord, I'll go to Africa. Right? It's like the, you're like in Christian circles, that's like the ultimate. Like, <laughs> you'll do what? Oh, you got a deal. <laughs> no. Right, we just assume that's the way God is. The let's make a deal view of God sees God as a little moody. You wanna make sure you stay on his good side and stay off his bad side. You never quite know what side of the bed God's gonna wake up on. (laughs) The let's make a deal view of God sees God as getting you on the technicality. That you better do things just right because if you're off just a smidge boom he's gonna zap you that god is looking for a way to catch you doing what's wrong he's always watching he's always looking you better be good you better be good see that's unfortunate and i wish we had more time to talk about this part of it and maybe we'll come back to it another time but see you need to understand the god of the scriptures is not looking for a way to catch you doing what's wrong The God of the scriptures, the real God, is wanting to empower you to do what's right and to encourage you and enable you to do what is good. But the let's make a deal view of God, no, that sees it differently. The let's make a deal view of God, and you have this view of God, whether you realize it or not, if you are constantly talking about your special circumstances, that you got special circumstance that it's different for you. Yeah, you know, I know, I know that's what the Bible says. Yeah, I know this is the way I, ought to, I probably should do. And I know I probably shouldn't. And I know it's right to do this. And I know it's wrong to do this, but, but see, I have a special, my, my situation's a little bit different. I cannot tell you how many times I have heard people say, and for some reason it seems to be a lot of men say this, not that women don't, but say things like this. Well, you know, me and God have a deal worked out. You know what? Me and God, we've, we've made an arrangement. Me and God understand one another. And we have an understanding, see. 
Or I hear people say this, men and women alike. Well, you know what, preacher? I hear what you're saying, but God understands my situation. God understands the situation I'm in. And you know what's interesting? We only say that when we're trying to give ourselves permission to not do what it is we know we should do. God understands my situation. We only say that when we're trying to allow ourselves to get a pass on the things that we know we should do or should not do, that God would be pleased with and God would not be pleased with. We try to find that loophole by convincing ourselves and other people, well, my situation's a little different. We only say that when we're trying to explain why we don't serve, why we don't give, why we don't forgive, why we won't love, why we won't do, and you just fill in the blank with whatever. Let's make a deal, God. As if you're going to get to heaven one day at the day of judgment, as we all will face God on the day of judgment. You're standing in a long line. God's dealing with you know, and I'm not exactly sure this is going to go like this, so don't quote me. I mean, we get to heaven, don't look at me and go, it ain't like what you said. No, I don't know, I haven't been. But it's as if you're next in line, they call your name next. And then as you walk to the throne, God kind of gives you a little wink, wink, and a little, you're good. Because you and I have an understanding. Just remember that special circumstance just between me and you? We're all going, hey, what was that? What was that? Oh, you have a special circumstance. Let's make a deal, God. You see, <laughs> this produces this idea that God is this let's make a deal kind of God. It, it produces spiritual laziness, apathy. You miss out on God's best for you, and you'll end up overwhelmed with fear Afraid that God's going to change his mind on something and God's going to get you on a technicality and you live in doubt and you live in worry and you live with guilt because you just know that God's going to zap you and you're just so afraid and you're just hoping that you've worked out the right kind of deal and that God's not going to go back on this deal that you made and that you can come through with the deal that you made with God. And the other thing that's so frustrating about this is that we're sinners. We're not good at keeping deals right? That's why this is a problem. You and I are sinners. We don't hold up our end of the bargains very well. I mean, eventually you're going to goof that up. Then what do you do? And most importantly, the reason this is a problem and an issue, this view of God, is that it's inaccurate. It's not who God really is. A couple of weeks ago when we started the series, we talked about how God is holy. Last week we talked about how God is just. And today, I want to share with you an attribute, a characteristic of God that helps us fight this idea of let's make a deal, God. It is this, that God is faithful. God is faithful. That's not a word that you and I use a lot in our vocabulary, but it's a powerful word. It's a beautiful word. God is not the kind of God that's going to strike a deal with you. He's not the kind of God where you can make a deal with him and wheel and deal with God and get, you know, find that loophole and get him to work with you on this special circumstance that you have. We'll come back to that later. No, he's just faithful. He is constant. He is unchanging. 
He is simply the same. God is faithful. So I want to talk about the faithfulness of God for the next few minutes. And then before we're done, we're going to circle back around to how this impacts your life and my life and and what you're going through right now. But let's begin by looking at the faithfulness of God. If you were to have an official definition for the word faithful, you would find this. The word faithful means steadfast. Well, that's God. Firm in adherence to promises or observance of duty. That's God. True to the facts. Yep, that's God. Or true to a standard. Absolutely. That's who God is. In fact, God tells us so much about his faithfulness in his word. And it's often hard for us to to grasp because you and I seem to know nothing but a world of change, right? Everything around us changes. Everyone around us changes. So this idea of an unchanging, faithful God sometimes is difficult for us to get our minds around because we just assume that God's like us. And since we, we change our minds all the time, we must, you know, God, I guess, what if God changes his mind? Everything changes, right? Everything we know changes. The environment we live in changes. The culture we live in changes. Technology constantly changing. In fact, the one thing that you can guarantee about technology is that it's going to change faster than you got money to keep up with. I can remember standing on this stage years ago saying the phrase, if you have a smartphone, now they don't even make dumb phones. I mean, there may be a few, you know, dummy phones out there. But, you know, technology changes so much and so fast, eventually it forces all of us to adapt, right? It forces all of us. And I know some of you, you know, you still hold outs, you know, you can, <laughs> you'll change. Technology changes. And here's the deal. Don't we know that people change? Lord help. People change. But here's the deal. You change. You change. So, when we talk about the faithfulness of God, it's like a disconnect. Like, what? Because everything and everyone else changes. God went to great lengths in his word to communicate to us how faithful he is. Let me just give you some highlights. God tells Malachi in the Old Testament, he tells the prophet Malachi, and I love this. He says, I am the Lord I do not change. Not. Again, like what? Do we know anything that doesn't change? Do we, do we know anything? And we, we like to joke here around the summit that there's only two things around here that will never change. Number one, our commitment to the word of God. And number two, we'll always be making changes. And if you're a kind of person that you don't like change, we may not be the church for you because we're going to change a lot. We, we just change. In order to reach a world that's changing, we got to be constantly on our toes. God told Malachi, I'm different. I am the Lord. I do not change. The writer of Hebrews in the New Testament tells us this about Jesus Christ, and this is so beautiful. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Got the same version of Jesus that we had way back then. 100 years from now, he's going to be the same as he is today. It's the same as he was 2,000 years ago. Jesus Christ is simply the same. 
we move on to King David's writings when he says, but you, O Lord, are a God of compassion and mercy, slow to get angry, and look at this, filled with unfailing love and faithfulness, filled. It's his essence, it's who he is, through and through. Unfailing love and faithfulness. This is one of the most familiar passages in the Old Testament about God's faithfulness. In Lamentations, we find because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. In other words, if God wasn't loving, we would be toast. But we're not consumed. For his compassions, I love this, never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. For those of you that have a religious background or a church background, and even if you're not a, a, someone who has a, you know, a religious background, you probably have heard, whether in a movie or in one of the you know, singing shows, the reality shows and all that, someone sing the old hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. That hymn, written many, many years ago, was inspired by this passage from the Old Testament. Great is your faithfulness. One of my personal favorites. If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful because he cannot deny who he is. It's who he is to be faithful, even though you and I are all over the place. This is very important. We'll come back to this in a minute and, and go a little bit deeper in it. But you can expect us to be all over the map when it comes to faithfulness. Because we change, right? People change. You change. I change. We're constantly changing. God says, I know who you are and I know how you live and I know what's up. And even though you may change, I am faithful. Because that's just who I am. And then we find this encouragement. God, your faithfulness, King David says, extends to every generation, every generation. As enduring as the earth you created. I hear people talk about from time to time, oh, I wish I lived back in the Bible times. Oh, I, wish I, I wish I was back in the Old Testament times, New Testament times and see God do all those amazing miracles and do all these things. Oh, I wish, I wish I was way back then in the good old days. Well, here's the deal. God's the same God today as he was then. He says he's, he's the same every generation. He's just as faithful today as he was way back then. And 150,000 years from now, he will be to that generation just as faithful then as he is now. The same God. God is faithful. You're not going to make a deal with him. You're not going to find a loophole. You're not going to establish some type of under the table understanding just between me and you, Lord. He's faithful. So how do we respond to a God like that? Since we don't know anything in our world that's like that, everything changes. How do we respond to a God that never, ever changes, that is always faithful? We simply respond to him with our faith, by trusting him, by putting our faith in him. And the point here is, and, the, and you just gotta get this, 
The point is we're putting our faith not in ourselves and our ability to never change and our ability to always know what's going on, but we put our faith in him. He is faithful. He is constant. He is steadfast. He is unchanging. The same yesterday, today, and forever, generation after generation after generation. That's how you respond to a God that's that faithful, by putting your faith in him. Let me explain it another way. Hang, hang with me just a second. I want to let you know that God's faithfulness does not depend upon our faith. You need to know that. This will clear up a, a lot of misconceptions, okay? A lot of people think that God's faithfulness is tied to the quality of our faith. You better have faith. You, you, you need to have faith. Well, you just... Tell you what, if you're not a man of faith, you're not a woman of faith. And tell you what, you, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. You just, you, just, you just need to have faith. You just need to have faith. Then they just make you want to choke people when they tell you that. Okay, maybe that's just me. <laughs> I don't know. You just need to have faith. <laughs> Here's what you need to know. God's faithfulness is not dependent upon the quality of your faith because we just read it. When we are unfaithful, he remains faithful. So it's going to happen. The quality of our faith is going to be all over the map. We're going to have good days and strong days and bad days and, we're, and days we're going to believe and trust and days we're really going to struggle. God is faithful regardless. God's faithfulness also does not depend on the quantity of our faith. Because a lot of people will say that. Oh, you need to have more faith. Oh, that's because you didn't have enough faith. Oh, you know why you didn't get that job? You didn't have enough faith. You know why you're still sick? You just don't have enough faith, brother. That's encouraging. Thank you. <laughs> why do we say things like that? Because we think it sounds right. You just don't have enough faith. Here's the truth. God's faithfulness does not depend upon the quantity of our faith. Jesus said this. Jesus said, if you have just a little bit of faith, the size of like a grain of a mustard seed, and I know in our culture today, we don't know what that is, but that's T, 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 tiny. I mean, like a sesame seed kind of, right? Okay, McDonald's, sesame seed bun. Got it. Got it. Okay, like, like a mustard seed kind of sesame seed size if you've got just a little bit of faith, you can experience mountain-sized things with God. You know why? <laughs> because our, God's faithfulness doesn't depend on the quality of our faith or the quantity of our faith. What's important when it comes to our faith is the object of our faith. That is what's important. In that the object of our faith is God, not ourselves, not our own performance, not our, uh, on our ability to have a good quality of faith or on our ability to have a great quantity of faith, but simply that our faith is in a faithful God. So the point that you and I got to get is that God is faithful. And so our response to him is to simply put our faith in him. Real quick, <laughs> 
When it's about the quality of our faith and the quantity of our faith, it puts the focus on us. Here and only here is the focus on God. He is the object of our faith. Another way to say this is simply for you and I to put our faith in his faithfulness. How do we respond to a faithful God? So God's not this all over the place, this fickle up and down, let's make a deal. Yeah, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. We'll see, get on my good side, stay off my bad side. No, no, he's just faithful. He is who he is. And so the response that you and I should have to a God like that is to simply put our faith in his faithfulness, which means to trust him enough to follow him. People say they trust in God. Do you know if you really trust? Do you know how you know if you really trust? Is if you follow him. To simply believe him enough to do what he says. People say, I believe God, I believe God. You know how you know if you really believe in God? If you do what he says. Because don't tell me you believe him if you won't do what he says. That's how I know you believe him. That's how you know you believe him. Because if you believe him, you'll do what he says. To put your faith in his faithfulness. See, if you're, if you're not a Christian, this is a great opportunity for you to see how it really works. This is how the Christian life works. Is that we have this faithful, unchanging, amazing God. And our response to him is faith and trust and belief. Faith, trust in his faithfulness. That's the point. And you and I begin to see God's faithfulness. Now, here we go. We're getting ready to get close to where you live. You and I get to experience the faithfulness of God through his word as we interact with his word. You say, well, what's his word? Well, you might guess it and you would be right. It's the Bible. We get to experience the faithfulness of God through his word because God always acts consistently with his word. Always, always, always. And God has uh, clearly communicated to us in, in his word what he expects of me and what he expects of you and all of us together. And he's given Jesus as an example. So if you want to see the faithfulness of God in your life in real time, then you're going to experience the faithfulness of God as you respond to his word. Here's the thing about the word of God. His word is one with him. So it is as unchanging as he is. And so God is remained faithful in his word through the centuries, through the decades, even though the culture has changed, even though the opinions of culture has changed, even though culture changes its mind about what they think is right and what they think is wrong, and now we used to frown on that, and now it's accepted, and now, that, now that's okay, and we've rethought, and we've re-understood, and maybe we had that one wrong, and blah, 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 blah. we keep, we're all over the place. We're constantly changing and shifting. God's word has not changed. It's as faithful as God is, and that's how we experience faithfulness of God through his word. And even though our opinions change, even though our opinions about God's word changes, God's word is as faithful as God is. That's how we experience the faithfulness of God. His word helps us know what to think 
do and become. Helps us live according to his will. And the promises in God's word fortify our soul, fortify our mind, and give us peace and hope. There's one more part of this, and then we'll get back to where you and I live. Put your faith in God's faithfulness. How do we experience God's faithfulness? Well, we, we experience it through his word and specifically our obedience to his word. That's it. You see, we display our faith in his faithfulness by simply obeying his word. Simply doing what he says, because that's how you know if you trust him. That's how you know if you believe him. That's how you know if your faith is in his faithfulness is how you obey and do what he says. And how do we know what he wants? He tells us in his word. No exceptions, no loopholes, no special deals, simply obey. And you can't manipulate God. You can't bribe God. You cannot coerce God to give you a special deal. You know why? <laughs> because God sees your heart and he knows your motive. I, I think it's funny. People say this from time to time. They'll say, well, you know, I have a special circumstance. God knows my heart. As if that's a good thing. <laughs> right? Because, see, the problem here is that you don't know your heart. The fact that God knows your heart knows that that's bunk. That, that's, that's, that's a load of mess right there. I don't know who you're trying to impress or who you're trying to convince. No, it's about putting your faith in God's faithfulness. How do we do that? By simply obeying his word. Now, I told you we'd get back around to where we live. Here we go. You ready for this? Maybe, probably not. Because this is where I struggle too. Here's the question. How then... And where in our lives, where in your life right now, do you need to put your faith in God's faithfulness? Specifically meaning, where do you and I need to specifically begin obeying his word to show and display to God that he is the object of our faith and leave the results to him? Where in your life have you been thinking, okay, or, or talking or hoping you've got a special deal with God? You've got a special circumstance that God understands. And no, no, it's, it's God's word for you. It's God's word for me. It's God's word for all of us. You don't get a different version than I get. You don't get a different side of God than I get. We all get the same truth, the same principles. But where is it that you've convinced yourself and you're trying to convince other people and maybe you're trying to convince God. Maybe you're trying to convince him, right, God? You and I got an understanding, right, Lord? I got a special situation. You know my heart, right? Where is that for you? For a lot of you, it's in your relationships. And specifically where I see this time and time and time again, it's in marriage. Some of you right now are thinking, well, <laughs> I know what God says about divorce. And I, I know, I know, I know, I know I probably shouldn't. And I know I'll not, but you, you understand, preacher. And people tell me this all the time. Preacher, you don't understand. I, my situation's different. Oh, really? Now, I, I got a special, God understands my situation. And, and 
You ready? And, I, and I've got a piece about it. A piece of what? I mean, you're, you're going to dismiss what God has clearly said in his word because of a peaceful feeling you got? Because that could be because of the meds, man. Right? And those will give you a peaceful, easy feeling. I'm going to tell you this right now. God will never give you a peace about something he's already said no to. God will never give you a special deal, a special circumstance. God understands my situation. Pastor, I know, I know, I know, but, but then God understands. God understands this time. God understands because, you know, I'm this old or I'm that old. God understands my situation. No, no. How, how is it that God would give you a peace about something that God himself doesn't have a peace about? How is it that God's going to, no, see, it don't work like that, does it? We want it to, because if you are thinking like that, you have a let's make a deal view of God, and you need to come back to the fact that God is faithful. He is unchanging. And what he says, he has said. And your job is to simply obey what God has said and leave the results to him. That's hard to do, isn't it? I hear people say this all the time when they got big things going on at, you know, their job. And they know, they know, they know deep down they shouldn't take this job. Or they know deep down it's going to be too much time away from the family. Or, or they know even though it's more money, it's, 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 there's some unethical shady things going on. And they know, they know, they know. But they, they, they say things like, well, I think God understands. I think, I think for this season of life, God's going to be okay if I do this. Just for a little bit, just for a little while, just until we get out of this debt, just until we get out of this hole, just until, and, and we keep talking ourselves, right? We do this all the time. We kind of talk ourselves into situations and our job and our career and all that. And deep down, you know what it is you ought to do. Just simply put your faith in the faithfulness of God and leave the results to him. Simply obey his word. Follow his principles. I hear people say it with their health. I hear people say it when it comes to money all the time. Oh, pastor, oh, I love what we're doing as a church and I would love to give. God knows my heart. I would love, I would love to give and I don't and I know I probably should and I know, you know, but yet I've got to, really, really? You see, see, that's an indicator of so much in our hearts. The scriptures are so clear. And so what's on us is to simply put our faith in God's faithfulness by obeying what he says when it comes to how we handle our finances and leave the results to him. Because God is faithful and you can trust him like that. Or maybe you have a decision coming up and you know you've got to make this decision and you've got to make it fast. And deep down, you know the right thing to do. But wouldn't you know it, it's the hardest thing? Deep down, you know the right thing to do. And, and wouldn't, it, wouldn't it be that that's going to be the most challenging thing to do? It's going to cost the most money to do the right thing. It, it's going to be a little riskier to do the right thing. It, it may ruffle a few feathers to do the right thing. People may think you're crazy to do the right thing. And you know what the right thing is. And you're sitting there going, well... Maybe God understands. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Now just stop all that and put your faith in the fact that you serve a faithful God who can take care of you as you respond to him as the object of your faith. Put your faith in him and simply obey. Simply do what he says and leave the results to him. I don't know where it is for you. I know where it is for me. 
But I can promise you this. If you don't know, ask him, God, where do I need to put my faith in your faithfulness? God, where do I need to simply obey? And God will help you see that. And that's my prayer for you. That's my prayer for me. There's no wheeling and dealing with God. God is faithful. So God help us put our faith in his faithfulness. Let me pray for us because we need it. Oh, Father, thank you so much for the clarity of your word. Thank you so much for the power of your word and that you help us get to know who you are. In a world that is changing, and it seems that's all we know is change, change, change. God, is so great to know that you are unchanging. We can depend on you. So, Father, help us respond to your faithfulness by simply making you the sole object of our faith. And put our faith in your faithfulness by simply responding in obedience to your word. So that we can experience your faithfulness in real time in our lives. Show us where we need to simply obey you and trust you with the results. Because you're a faithful God that doesn't change. May we step away from special circumstance kind of thinking. And lean into the fact that you are unchanging and faithful. And know exactly what our next step should be. And we will depend on you to strengthen us to do it. No matter how hard it is. In Jesus name. Amen.